0: You're not going to believe it, folks. It's time for a new coach Nero chat. I'm Jeremy Barron, and I'm joined by a recurring guest who I really – we don't talk often enough on this program. I'm here with MMA journalist and Atleti superfan Danny Segura. What's up, man? How you
1: doing? What's up, Jeremy? A pleasure being here, like always. Uh, too long. I was actually hoping you invited me a little sooner. Uh, I've been dying to talk some Atleti talk with you, but uh, – but better late than never, I guess.
0: Well, how about this? Let's make up for some lost time today. We we've got a little bit of a little bit of time ahead of us. Let's we, let's talk all things at Letty. Pretty much, uh, we were we're into the new season now. Eight games in, some good things have happened. Some not so good things have happened. So I guess on this edition of the show, Danny, we can just really talk about whatever as it pertains to the squad, the club. Um, Obviously, we had a Madrid derby this past weekend that didn't go so well for the boys in red and white, or wavy red and white stripes. I guess I should ask you first, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the new home shirts?
1: Oh, man, this is the worst I've ever seen. This has to be a 2? A 2? <laughs> two, two. 2. I put the highlighter yellow uh, about a 3, so I think this is an all-time, an all-time low for Atleti. They're just horrible. I mean, who who, who runs who runs to the the design team like who, who sort of <laughs> clears these ideas? Because I didn't see a single person. And obviously, you're always going to get people in the spectrum. Like some people love it. Some people hate it. But in, in this occasion, I didn't see a single person be like, oh, yeah, I like that shirt. It was just a unanimous. Hell no. What the hell are you doing? So it's just mind boggling that it even exists
0: it's bad Uh, it's it's really bad um last year's home shirt i got used to in the end i didn't love it but i got used to it you know it had the the two big like uh paintbrush strokes that made it look like an h in the middle of the home shirt this year i i can't explain this one and i had kind of repressed the memory of the highlighter um the third jersey from a couple of years ago when we won the league i had repressed that memory so thank you for bringing that one up um yeah i got you the ba-
1: the i, I want to say this it was a nice sentiment to think about the river that used to or the river that goes by uh what used to be um El Calderon. so mm-hmm. um, it was a nice sentiment I, I do like that but maybe they could have worked it into like a little thing in the back or something I, I don't know um but yeah just horrible horrible design
0: as far as a pr spin on it goes though that's a, that's like a nine out of ten pr spin
1: yeah, it's, it's
0: supposed to look like the Manzanares. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. The, the shirt's bad. Um, But it, I think it would look a little better if the, if the team was playing better, Danny. I think winning breeds a lot of confidence. Winning fixes a lot of things that can go wrong. But right now, Atleti aren't doing a whole lot of winning. They've already lost three times in the first eight games of the season. Twice in La Liga, once in the Champions League uh, I guess I'll ask you first, uh, what are your impressions of what we have seen from Atletico de Madrid so far in the 2022-23 season?
1: There are some good things, but for every good thing that I see about Atletico Madrid this season, I can name two or three bad things. Mm. So um, it's it's definitely not good in the overall picture, and I really haven't been too happy with... Uh, the team—it just seems like it's falling apart. Uh, to be honest, it just seems like this plan, this idea, this project that they had when they brought in Joao Felix and um, the change of formations and all this—it just seems like it's it ran its course, and now we're starting to see that it's it it doesn't have an end game here, or, or at least the planned end game, and it's just all falling apart. I mean, there's tons of structural issues on the team. Uh, there's issues as well with specific players um it's a bad time for atletico madrid i'd say
0: i understand that sentiment i totally do um i I think there's certainly a feeling that um that a change is needed we were talking about this last year though you know and i think there was an opportunity this summer to really shuffle the deck to bring in some exciting new talent to kind of change how the team scouts and strategizes and prepares transfers build uh, a new project um, or at least start the new project but Atletico didn't choose to do any of that they held on to a team that underachieved last year and you know you're getting similar results I, I i don't think the derby was was among their worst performances of the season though i i think there were some there were plenty of good things in the derby particularly in the second half yeah. part of it was conditioned though by madrid having a 2-0 lead already and electing to just sit back and absorb pressure atletico tried the second half was pretty good um griezman got the start his first of the season in a bit of a surprise dice roll and i thought he played very well a crazy man mario hermoso coming off the bench to make it two one and then getting himself sent off as one can expect mm.
1: um and you know i but, actually call that
0: you did you did
1: <laughs> yeah i was watching with my brother and then hermoso was coming on and i'm like watch he's gonna come on score and he's either gonna get booked with a red car or he's gonna cause a penalty uh, for against us. So yeah, um, you were just yeah, about right. Like that happens.
0: He's so. he's crazy. I, I part of me loves Hermoso because despite just his again inherent kind of headless chicken act, he, he I gotta give him credit for being passionate and being professional, and you know he he understands everything. You know um, yeah, contra todo y contra todos. Um, he's a leader in the dressing room despite his deficiencies as a player. I think that's one of the reasons he has stayed and Simeone is, is happy to work with him and continue working with him. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, also we, we can't ignore the injuries. We haven't had a healthy defense all season yet. Mm. Uh, Stefan Savage played a game and a half. Jose Jimenez has missed almost half the games already. So we had to, we've had to put Axel Witzel back in central defense. Ray Nildo is still there. And, and the other slot has to be Felipe or Hermoso because the club didn't recruit another center back. So I, I think that um, certainly it, it, it's even though we're this early in the season, you can kind of see some of the writing on the wall, right? That maybe this is the end of, of the Simeone era. Maybe it's time for an, a new project with or without Simeone. And, and I think you touched on this a couple of minutes ago. Um, the key figure in all of this, whether this this project is going to be a go or it's going to be a failure, is Joao Felix.
1: Yeah, he's obviously a huge part of it. I mean, he cost, what, 120 mil, was it? Yeah,
0: 126 million yeah. euro.
1: And, and so far, he's just been a good player. That's it. A good player. Yeah. Uh, but not a player that warrants uh, 120 million. So um yes it's 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 definitely going to be very interesting to see how the club deals with him um how he tries to turn things around because i think it's a little bit of both right i think that certainly he's not in the best position to succeed but also you would expect more from someone that that got into the team with such promise, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wonder if we got sold a little bit of uh, fool's gold, if it was too much too soon. Because certainly Joao is a very, very good player, no doubt about that. But is he that Mbappe? Is he that Holland? I don't know. I'm kind of having my doubts. And and at this point in time, I think we should have seen more of him, Um, you know, besides just like sparks of brilliance here and there and overall like decent, good games. You know, I think we should have seen already... Those world class strokes, um, and I, I don't feel like we're getting them. So, certainly, certainly, interesting time, and, and I, I do think that, like, obviously the, the project has its issues as well. But there's also been a lot of bad luck, and I feel like that's also a, a lot of the the story of Atlético Madrid in general. Um, that defense is just a, a mess. I think attacking wise there is issues as well, but defensively speaking, Atlético Madrid RMS, which is crazy to even think of that were at this point if you just rewind maybe like four or six or six years ago to see where that defense was just you know one of the best in europe if not the best the the most feared and now you know the defense i would even say it's not even certainly not a top five not a top 10 is it even a top 15 in europe anymore like that defense is it's terrible i mean you got uh Salichen and Jimenez and Josema Jimenez are a fantastic players, but most of the time they're injured, especially um, Josema. And you're really playing with Felipe, who's quite frankly not good, not very good. Hermoso, uh, who's a wild card. I do like things about Hermoso. I, I share your sentiments. Uh, regarding Edimoso, but I don't think that should be a starting center back. I don't think that's a guy that you want to rely on all the time because he's unreliable. He's a wild card. Like we mentioned, he will, mm-hmm. you know, score in one second, the next second he's getting a red card. And, and this is not just the one thing that we've seen in the past. This is a pattern. He's a great player. If you got, Hey, five minutes remaining on the match, you're down one or it's, you know, tied up and you need a victory. You put him in because you know, something's going to happen. Whether it's good or bad, something's going to happen.
0: So <laughs> Yeah. Hermoso. So think, yeah, Hermoso is. Like his... Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, he's solid, but again, an unreliable figure. Um, and then we're playing with Witzel, who's really uh, a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reinildo has been a pleasant surprise, but he's also a bit of a hothead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean this, this defense is not what it once was and I think it's costing Atletico dearly and it's crazy to even think that we're at this point and we have an attack heavy team considering Cholo's strengths and something that's been kind of bothering me is like seeing, for example, Gabe Rudiger go to um, go to Real or, or Kudibali go to Chelsea and like these top defenders that are moving around and like Atletico's not, uh, I guess like a landing spot for these like it should... The club should make it so that any any world class uh, center back would want to play for Atletico Madrid, the legendary Atletico Madrid that has one of the best uh, hit histories as far as you know defensive play, uh, a mastermind in Cholo Simeone as far as defensive tactics. Um, we should attract these kind of players, right? You saw elite as well go leave Juventus and go to Bayern, and as far as Atletico Madrid goes, we're attracting some, I guess, uh, attacking players in. And draw Felix and others, but as far as the defense, it's it's crazy how how this team has sort of neglected that part of of the team.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just divergent philosophies, right, between what Simeone wants and what the club wants, and these parties have never seen eye to eye. Simeone's ambition is pretty vastly different from what the board's ambition is. The board just just wants to stay afloat. They want to commercially expand. Pay off some debt. If they finish third in La Liga every year, they're happy with that. But Simeone wants a lot more, and I think when he leaves, we're going to look back and wonder how on earth that he we won two league titles with him. Not just one, we won two in a league with yeah. Madrid and Barcelona who have in built like built in significantly inherently more advantages financially, um, in in terms of their their economic power, uh, their reach in the media the kind of players they can attract, the kind of coaches they can attract. We're going to look back and say, you know, over this 11-, 12-, 13-year period, Simeone was in charge of Atletico. He led us to two league titles. That's pretty, pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, you know, and on the Derby Sunday, you saw our defensive weaknesses um, more or less fully exposed in the first half. Felipe missed on both goals. He failed to cut out the uh, ball over the top uh, for Rodrigo on the first goal. He was at fault for the indirectly at fault for the second one as well when Vinicius slammed a shot off the post and Valverde cleaned up the rebound. And you can say Atletico played well; they held Madrid to six shots, three of them on target, mm-hmm. at 55% possession. But again, that was kind of by design. Madrid weren't really uncomfortable until the end of the game, despite Atletico's intent and some nice attacking combinations. I also think we really missed Tomá Lemah on Sunday. Lemah has become a really important player for Atletico. Simeone's talked about it quite a bit that he is the best link this team has between midfield and attack. But like Jimenez and Savage, he just isn't healthy. Like this team, yeah. this is a 22-man squad, and a quarter of the players are routinely injured. Especially your, your two starting center backs, your two best central defenders, and probably your best playmaker aren't available for big games. So that's also conditioned, I think, part of this why Atletico have been so up and down to start the season They have a talented squad but the pieces don't all fit together it's still imbalanced they still have five forwards compared to four natural central defenders and it's a team that still has injuries and is inconsistent in in key areas Alvaro Morata has one goal in the last seven games you know that is not going to get it done and and I like how Morata's played this season but he needs to score goals Joao Felix is on about an 800 minute goal drought Um, you know Griezmann I think has probably been their best forward so far this year and he's only started one game because of the contractual (laughs) standoff with Barcelona which is you know again goes back to this point of the club and the coach wanting very very different things and I don't know how long for how long a period that is sustainable Diego Simeone is a club man but I don't know how much how much longer he can go he's been in charge a long time already and In a sense, I think he, I mean, Robbie and I have been talking about this for a couple of years now. That in, in more than one sense, Simeone is a victim of his own success. The expectations on Atletico are so high, and the club, because of the successes they've had under Cholo, and the club just has not leapt forward into the modern age with Simeone and the fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely been an issue here like there's so many factors at play and that's one of them like the club wanting one, one thing and Simeone wanting another um, clearly they're not on the same page as far as vision and I think the club and it's pretty evident like that the club have been trying for like a while now to turn the page into like sort of the little engine that could and this uh, the underdogs into hey you know Settling into the personality of, hey, this team is a European giant. We're in Champions every year. We should be, you know, contenders for uh, La Liga every year. Um, and and I think this is where I think they also lack vision because, for example, I remember when the before the pandemic hit, the last game that we had in Champions League when when uh, we played Liverpool, um, we won the game. It was a dramatic, super dramatic game. Mm-hmm. But then you obviously got. Um, you obviously got Klopp, uh, you know, talking smack, saying, you know, okay, yeah, they beat us, but they play, like, horrible football. <laughs> like, they could be doing so much better with the football, right? And I feel like, you know the board kind of does listen to that and they're like okay we we want to have more attractive football so they you know you see them just go and you know try to get as many forwards and attacking players as possible while also neglecting the defense um you see them changing the emblem right you see them going from el calderon to wanda metropolitano which mm-hmm. is i think still the newest stadium in europe right um or at least as far as like the top ones um and you see them kind of wanting to turn all these pages into like being like a Liverpool, being like a Man City, being like a Real. Um, but at the same time, they're kind of forgetting the identity, in my opinion, and the DNA of Atletico, which is, you know, solid defense, uh, hardworking players, uh, you know, it's sort of that, that, that tough style of play. And they're trying to switch and turn the page into something, one, that they're not. And and, uh, and also, like, can Simeone really be that guy? I, I don't know. I don't know. And so far, what we've seen in in these few years, yeah, we won a La Liga title, but I think that was kind of an exception. Uh, And yes, we've placed in the top three, but man, it's been a struggle and it hasn't looked pretty. And I don't know if Simeone is the guy to kind of play that type of football and and turn the club into what the the board wants it to be. Um, And I feel like they could be a European giant. I feel like they could be... Uh, a very attractive club but while still keeping sort of their dna like just looking back at some of these games that we've seen recently they haven't really been too pleasant to watch and i remember when you know we had uh el niño torres and griezmann playing at the top back when you know before all, all these big changes really started settling or even when we had like diego costa and sure the football was a lot more defensive and we were criticized and and stuff like that but man did it give us like very dramatic moments did it get us far as far as uh competition wise and and comparing the football that we saw back then to now at least there was sort of a plan there was a purpose there was an expectation uh there was consistency and that to me is just a lot more a lot prettier to watch than kind of you know we don't know what we're gonna get we might get a killer game like we played against real sociedad right 4-1 or this thing might fall apart we might get a game like the one we saw in, in Champions League, the group stages against Bayern Leverkusen. So it's yeah. a really, really confusing thing. And we'll see like, what, what we'll end up giving, right? Will it be Simeone or will it be the board? Uh, but so far, I think uh, things are not looking great for Simeone. I don't know if you saw the press conference, La Rueda de Prinza, uh, after the the Madrid derby. I did. That guy looked he
0: that looked. Guy looked he looked exhausted. He looked... Really tired. Yeah. I think he he wanted to win that game very badly, and that's why he started Griezmann against the club's order yeah. to keep mm-hmm. him benched until this negotiation with Barcelona is concluded. He started him anyway, um, and he knows they were close, but they've they've been close for years. You know they've broken through a couple of times in La Liga, um, but the, the standards have slipped. I think um, in part because it's it's part of the the board's design, right? They're not sanctioning spending despite the obvious improvements that they needed to make over the summer. Um, and on top of that, on top of the issues you have with the squad, you now have things going on off the pitch that are very toxic, that are very poisonous. Oh, yeah. The Atleti, I think, have won two games in the Metropolitano so far this season. Their worst home form in nine years to start a league season, uh, You know, very early in the Cholo era. And you, on Sunday, you had the culmination of a week-long buildup in the local media um, about racist sentiment, racist comments, racist epithets toward uh, Vinicius. And that culminated on Sunday with hundreds of Atletico fans outside the Metropolitano uh, chanting those sentiments against Vinicius. Uh, Some local reporters said it continued inside the stadium. Others said Mm -hmm. it did not. Um, I wasn't there, so who's really to say? Um, the club finally did something about it on Tuesday. They issued an official statement uh, saying we're cooperating with authorities. We want to find these these fans, these club members, and get them suspended. Their membership's revoked. Uh, we don't condone or tolerate any form of racism, but at the same time, the club maintains a relationship with the right-wing Frente, who sit in the South Stand at every home game and have since the 1980s. So, you know, I, I think that In addition to the problems that we're seeing on the pitch, it's a team that is built to play, I think built more in the mold of one particular style, but Simeone, who just wants to win at all costs, has them playing another way and has struggled to get them to evolve and has struggled to get the best out of this team since they last won the title. In addition to all that, you have all this crap going on off the pitch uh, with the racism and hundreds of fans buying into this uh, contrived... This story about there's going to be trouble if Vinicius scores when, you know, come on. Like, it's just a total contrivance. Um, but it's a very, a very real and very nasty and very toxic thing emanated from this fake outrage.
1: Yeah, that was uh, an ugly scene. And I put on Twitter, I put I'm meaning how embarrassing. Like, I felt embarrassed being an Atlético Madrid fan when those uh, videos started surging of. Um, you know Atletico Madrid fans calling Benicio's a a monkey like what are you what are you doing you know what I'm saying it's like you're at the same time insulting I mean one to start obviously I don't I feel like it doesn't even need to be said that's a horrible thing and Mm -hmm. like obviously like you know, F-racism, and, and it's ridiculous that we're even talking about this in 2022. Yep. But, like, dude, uh, Cunha is part of your squad, and he's an essential player. Condovia is also a person of color, and he's part of our squad and a very important player. And you can just go down the line of, like, how Atletico Madrid has, part of their success has been attributed to people of color, to, to black people. And um, if you're disrespecting Vinicius, you're also disrespecting your own team. Um, so yeah, it's just such a, such a wild mentality. And it's crazy that, um, we're even talking about this, you know, in 2022, right. But, uh, you know, go figure, I guess maybe it'd be uh, silly of me to be shocked
0: that a formal
1: (laughs) colonial, uh, country, you know, has, uh, still traces of, uh, racism. I know shocking that doesn't happen at all Mm. in America, for example, (laughs) (laughs)
0: um, there's one, excuse me. It's one thing to trash talk it's one thing to be anti madridista it, 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 it's another thing to resort to to that you know to calling vinicius that slur um and it, it all started with um a pretty i think innocent response from koke to a question mm-hmm. from a local reporter like if vinicius scores what's gonna happen and Coke said in pretty much a joking manner well if he scores there's gonna be trouble like, if he yeah. scores and celebrates in front of the south stand, it's going to be trouble. And, and, like, in one sense, he was correct, right? There were bottles thrown after both Madrid goals in the first half. That's how unpleasant the scenes were, and that is how frustrated the fans are and have been. But then that gets twisted and talked about on El Chiringuito, and then they bring on a guest who says Vinicius needs to stop playing the monkey, needs to stop celebrating like this, and then everything just pops off. And a lot of people conflated it with cocaine being a racist or with Atletico as a club being a racist institution, which it's not. Um, Miguel Angel Hull issued another statement on Wednesday saying that, you know, this is a minority of fans. Uh, I know our fans well. We can't tolerate this. We won't tolerate it, which, OK, on its face, that's fine. But minority of fans is still hundreds, if not thousands of people. Right. The Metropolitan, there were 66,000 people in the Metropolitano on Sunday. So even if just two or three percent of them are outside the stadium or inside the stadium saying this crap about Vinicius, um, and and therefore reflecting back on on the players they ostensibly root for, that's still you know thousands of people. That's two or three percent of sixty-six thousand people. Still way too many people. Um, And the, the the. It is a minority of fans, sure, but it's still a problem that needs to be stamped out. And you're deflecting responsibility by not addressing it head on, by banning the Frente, by banning any racist or uh, fascist propaganda, memorabilia, paraphernalia, all that. You need to ban all of that. And the club and Spanish authorities have the power to do this. But Spain has a very troubling history with racism. As you said, they're a former colonial power. Like, of course they do. Man, it, it, it's it's crazy in 2022 it's mad that we continue to talk about this uh, because it is a scourge and a stain upon football and it was a sunday was a bad day on and off the pitch for atletico um and i too felt that shame of being affiliated even just you know tangentially right even just semi affiliated with these people expressing these thoughts and, and even worse the passive bystanders you know if you're you're actively participating in it um but you're passively recording it filming it messaging about it instead of doing something to address the problem and i know that that can be tough to if if you are not of a racist persuasion to get involved in that you want to be as far away from it as possible but we all have to do something about this because this can't continue
1: yeah it's it was definitely an ugly scene and it's gross right because ultimately like you hear those chants and those are the same people that are wearing the same shirt that you're wearing you Mm -hmm. know so there is an affiliation there. And, and yeah, like, this is not a, a tiny minority or some people, right? Um, ultimately, these were chants outside of the stadium. And for chants, you need a crowd. This wasn't isolated people yelling, you know, screams here and there of, of, of racist things. No, this was an entire chant. And you need a crowd for that. So, uh, yeah, for sure, ugly scenes. And, and look, I thought Gokis comments were fine. I'm all for the stadium and the audience and the crowd taking part in the game. We talk about how, you know, playing at, at Wanda, playing at home for Atleti, you know, the crowd becomes almost like a 12th player and you see Diego Simeone all the time, you know, uh, trying to, you know, get the crowd going and, and yelling and it's obviously a factor. I mean, there's legendary crowds, right? You, you have to mention like Boca Juniors when you play in La Bombonera or Galatasaray or mm-hmm. all these other teams where like the crowd and, and the fan heckling is part of it and I'm all for it. I mean, it's part of being a fanatic, right? And, and it's part of, hey, you're going to, play this team at their home turf but i think that line stops when when you go into sort of the when you go into the racism territory and uh, again that was all it was an ugly scene it was an ugly scene on sunday yeah so i hope that the club this is more than a statement because you know it pr is pr like Mm -hmm. they have to say that and they will say it because if they don't it's an ugly look now will they take account for it will they do something about it that's the real that's the real question because any statement on the website and and, and, and saying they condemn racism—I mean, we've we've heard it all the time, right? Even in the Premier League when they take a kneel, that's sort of just becoming background noise. Like it's just part of like the game now. But like, oh yeah, is it really like are people even really thinking about it now, or is it just a ceremony? Like is it just you know an aggregation to to sort of the the pregame r- rituals? So um same thing even with like the ukraine flag where they put now on the broadcast like, mm-hmm. do you even notice it now is it it's just like a a thing now you know
0: it fades into um, it fades into the background it, it, these are just all yeah. performative ge- uh, gestures danny exactly these just yeah, pure performance yeah. i think and that that's what the cynic in me says and it's sad that i think that way but you know the optimist in me wants to believe that the club will make substantive changes but i don't think they will i've been writing about this club for nearly a decade now. I like to think I know what goes on there pretty decently, despite not being on the ground in Spain. You know, I I read the papers. I'm on Twitter all the time, part of my social media addiction. You know, and I watch them every week. So, you know, knowing the club in the way that I do, I I think this is about the extent of their action. And it's really sad, and it's, it's just a really... Because they could do so much more, you know, they could do a lot more, but yeah. they really want this to just fade into the background. They really didn't want to address it, which is why they waited 48 hours almost to put out an official statement about what happened. And the statement didn't even, you know, directly address Vinitius. It didn't It didn't directly address some of what we heard from Spanish radio. There was a, a guy in that crowd who was holding up, you know, a a, a monkey puppet.
1: Oh yeah, a costumed
0: monkey puppet, mm-hmm. and it was just ridiculous. You know, so, you know, we have the things going on on the pitch, which aren't all great. Um, And we have some off-pitch BS as well. You know, some good things, though, about this season is that, you know, Witzel has been really good at center back. He gave an interview that was published yesterday, I think, to a Belgian outlet, saying that, you know, it's not a natural position for me. I've had to adapt, but it could prolong my career. He's probably right. Uh, Witzel, I think, has been excellent so far this season um i think Kondogbio when he's played has offered a lot of balance has has made our midfield basically make more sense i think rinaldo has been excellent oblack uh despite being injured recently oblack already looks to be um more confident and a bit springier than he was last year which if we have oblack like at even half the player he was 2 years ago yeah. like we're instantly a better team defensively mm-hmm. he instantly covers up a lot of our um, a lot of our holes, a lot of our, um, deficiencies at the back, especially when Felipe or Hermoso have to play. So, you know, um, there are good things. Oblak and Witzel have been in good form. Griezmann's been in good form. Uh, Carrasco has had a couple encouraging games in a row after a slow start, but you know, the games are going to come thick and fast after this break, Danny. I mean, I'm going to be in Madrid in a few weeks, so I'm hopefully going to catch a couple of these, but... Every three days in October leading up to the World Cup, Atletico are going to be playing. They're in They're in a tough Champions League group, which they made tough for themselves by losing in mm-hmm. Germany. And they are right now closer to 15th than they are to 4th. So they've still plenty of time. You know, last season they were outside of the Champions League places in March, and they ended up finishing third uh, comfortably into the Champions League places. So we'll see if that happens again this year. But it's it's a risky it's a risky gamble you know to just leave things as they were with a team that already struggled last year and is showing those same problems this year the coach and the technical staff aren't showing an ability to fix the problems so you know they're going to be at least they'll be competitive you know I don't think they're going to start getting shellac three and four nil against top tier opposition you know it doesn't get much more top tier than Madrid and they were very competitive um, mm-hmm. And if Hermoso hadn't been sent off, which that red card, that red card was ridiculous. Yeah, that, was, were, BS. No, that Zab- was BS. No, Danny Sabios could have been a hero at Real Betis, but instead he went to Madrid to do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know he he's hats off to him. I guess he's making he's making bank. He's won a bunch of trophies, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Hermoso had stayed on, they might have been able to equalize. But even then, it would have been more or less a cheaply earned point even in the derby madrid are better than atletico and that's in part because the club isn't showing and demonstrating enough ambition so simeone's hands are kind of tied here but he also needs to get the best out of this team he also needs to get more out of the players at his disposal you know he specifically asked for rodrigo de paul he specifically asked for nahuel molina two players who are starters for argentina one of the favorites at the world cup this winter um, and DePaul has been here for, I don't know if you feel the same way, but he's been here over a year, and I have seen only flashes from him. Uh, Molina has only been here five games, but he didn't play a single minute in the Derby. Simeone chose to roll with ente for 90 minutes instead of putting on Molina, who's a natural yeah. wingback.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing that I feel like it's within Simeone's control that does bug me. The I, I feel... For some players, playing them out of position, like sometimes it works, but it, it's not a universal strategy that you can implement. Like for example, I, I love what he's doing with Witzel, and you kind of mentioned it a few minutes ago. Uh, Witzel, a, a natural like defensive midfielder, now playing as a center back, um, he might not be as good as as a natural center back as far as defending wise, but he can definitely hold his own. He's a physical presence, and he's got good feet, and he can sort of start playing. Uh, from the back and start, you know, distributing passes, something that Hermoso's not really good at or Felipe. Uh, so it's nice to have him around and, and sort of get that uh, get that playmaking from the back. Um, but just as you can modify him and, and start playing him as center back, there are other players that could kind of do the job in other positions. But, I mean in some ways like you're stalling their growth in their natural position and at the same time people that should be playing that position that are more naturally inclined for that position like um, molina they're not getting their their minutes so one of the few things that like it's been really sad to see is the story of llorente you know i've seen in a lot of podcasts and um, just analysts in, in spanish media talking about, oh, how does Llorente go from scoring a bunch of goals um, a couple of seasons ago to, you know, basically not scoring ever again and, and just, like, <laughs> this this being this, like, uh, scoreless figure. And, but but the thing is that they changed his position completely. I do still think Llorente, and when he plays, he plays very well, and he's still that battering ram, and he can still do the damage that he was once doing, but when you're playing him in a defensive position, when you're playing him at right-back uh, or a wing-back, like, you know you're gonna get less goals just because he's not attacking nearly as much so um llorente he was forming to be such a a attacking threat and a very very interesting one because he's not really he doesn't really have the flair of a Vinicius or or these other players right but he's just straight up a battering ram like he will body your 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 center back he'll get through your defensive line and he'll you know not make a a nice little trick shot or anything but he'll shoot with power and score and uh, that's what we saw uh, just a couple seasons ago. And now that's completely gone. And I feel like, you know, I- I'm scared to, and I don't want to jinx it, and knock on wood. Um, but... I'm scared to see him turn into what kind of Saul turned, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was a guy was... that was so talented, that was so good in a specific position. But you start playing him in other positions, you start moving him around, and you get away from his development in what he's actually naturally good at. And then he he becomes, you know, decent at everything, but not really great or, or doesn't really excel at a specific position. So, um, and it almost loses identity too, right? So I'm hoping that's not the case with. With uh, Llorente, and I do agree, right, if you have to patch that hole in the right back, that uh, trip your left, like, is probably the best candidate, but uh, beware. Beware of, you know, putting him to play in that position for too long because you might just lose what he's actually good at. So that's that's been a real shame. And that's that's a story of other players as well, right? Um, oh, that yeah. choose just to to move around or not give you know specific uh, positions to so that's one of my biggest like pet peeves i feel like there's a lot of things that are not in simonis control but that's one of them stick to positions and stick to like 11 like i was thinking the other day i don't know if you've seen this like tiktok uh i don't have t- well i have tiktok but i don't use it i've seen it on instagram reels because i am 30 and uh, that's you know i'm away from that platform but there's like this um this, this guy like going through like menswear or whatever and he's like every man should own a black suit yeah and after yeah. you own a black suit you buy a blue suit and after you buy, buy a blue suit you buy three shirts of this color then you buy like a khaki suit and it's like this whole thing where like you buy like four or five suits and he, he can make like 75 different combinations of attires and that's basically what you get with atletico madrid like who are the fixed players in positions besides Overlock? who are they like, who is this team being built around? you? I mean, yeah. you, you, I feel like you're constantly getting tons of variations. And now that you can do more than three subs, uh, it's even a, a wider range of variations. So you get players playing all kinds of different positions. And not only that, but playing with all kinds of different uh, other players. And it's hard to develop chemistry. It's hard to develop, like, a plan around that. And I do feel like that is on Simeone.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, in terms of the fixed players, the core players, that's a great point. Uh, like Oblak, Koke, Joel Felix, um, that's really about it. Him and Savage, you can't really count them as core, fundamental, essential players because they're never healthy, especially Jimenez, yeah. who has now missed 90 games in his career through injury. He plays half the year every year. You can't call him a fundamental pillar if he's out for half the year. Yeah. So you know, it, they have a squad with a lot of flexibility, variety, depth, uh, m- many different players. You can play multiple different positions. But I've said this before, too, is that it's great that you can have players like Saul who can play two or three different positions. Jurente can play two or three different positions. Griezmann's been playing as a midfielder or as a forward. Nildo was reconverted from a left back into a center back. Um, it, it's great to be able to do that, but if you have all these guys playing their second best positions, you're probably going to get second-rate performances because they're not playing in their best positions. Um, and, and sometimes that Re- converting players to new positions, that's out of necessity. Like with Llorente, it was either he becomes a winger or he is no longer on this team. That, that was a very real possibility a couple of years ago that he was going to be loaned out because his performances just weren't good enough in central midfield. So they moved him and, you know, he's st- still here today, of course. Um, but I, I yeah, I think you need to be able to play guys in their primary positions. You need to settle on the starting 11. Carrasco is another example of a player who I think is a core player um, or could be but he's inconsistent and yet offers something no one else in this squad can offer and even then he's not a fixed starter you know Sowell has yeah. been splitting reps with him uh ran lodi before him and sergio reguilon when he comes back next month from groin surgery he's gonna figure for minutes at left back or at left wing back so it, it's good to have a squad with a lot of options a lot of talented players a lot of quality in it but simeone still isn't getting the best out of it he doesn't know i think he he has a way forward in mind but it doesn't bring out the best in his best players the squad is not properly balanced or reinforced and you're gonna get inconsistent performances i think for really the rest of the year and then we'll see what happens next summer i think there could be a lot of movement next summer and in two summers you know simeone's contract is up Koke's contract is up yeah so we could start seeing you know we could start bidding adios to some of these guys in the, in the very near future, which is why I think it's important. We appreciate what has gone on in the last 10 years, despite some of the difficulties, some of the struggles, some of the inconsistencies, the, the some frustrating moments. We've also had some wonderful moments, you know, uh, yeah. some glorious near misses, some glorious victories. Um, and I think it's at least what I've been trying to do, Danny is contextualize this all from the standpoint of, Simeone is now the La Liga, is now the Atletico manager who's managed the most games in La Liga 408 passing Aragonis over the weekend. Coke tied the game's record last weekend. He's going to have it for himself next weekend uh, mm-hmm. when when Atletico plays Sevilla. Like, this is history that is still being made, even though the team is not very good right now. History is still being made, um, and it's a byproduct of how successful atletico have been over the last decade with Simeone, with Koke yeah uh with correa jimenez savage these guys have all been here at least since 2015 o Black as well uh, guys who have been at the heart of pretty much all of these successes most if not all of them so that's what i'm trying to i'm yeah. trying to view it through this lens of you know all good things eventually come to an end but we've had some damn good times haven't we
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, this this team. I mean, we we won La Liga not so long ago. How dramatic was that? That that was a really nice moment. Yeah. Um, and in the final game too, like it was just a beautiful thing to watch. Certainly, we've had a, a lot of great moments, and I do think there are better times ahead. And, and even it sounds like we're like super negative sometimes talking about this team because. Often, what there is to talk about is just bad things. But at the same time, we are in Champions League still. We placed in the top three teams last season. Prior to that, we had won La Liga. Like e- even at its worst, like Atleti are still able to claw results and and, and really not have downfalls. It's not where like we're in the mid table or well, right now we are. But <laughs> I'm saying you know in in the final results. So the, there are good things, and we do see some development in some players. Um, like Reynaldo, I think he's been awesome, uh, a really nice surprise, and I can't believe we only got him for three mil. Um, and there's been players here and there that, that kind of uh, have stood out, and, and there is growth in some areas. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, and wanted to get your thoughts, and wanted to zone in specifically. In my opinion, and as you mentioned uh, minutes ago, I think one of the biggest issues here is the defense. I think if you just patched up some of the, the holes that we have in the back, I think this team would be way better off. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's what do you think should be done with uh, Jimenez because it's like season after season after season and I feel like something needs to be resolved like I know he's part of the he played with Godin I know that he's you know been around for a long time but homie like if you can't stay healthy you can't stay healthy like, and yeah. I don't care if you take a loss selling him but like you need a somebody you can trust in the back
0: you can't miss 25 30 games each season you just simply can't Uh, I I love Jose Ma I think when he's healthy he's among the best center backs in Europe he's got everything he's got speed he's got agility he's got power strength he reads the game super well which didn't used to be the case when he was younger Um, he was like a Hermoso like headless chicken but he starting I think around 2018 is when he really started to learn and absorb everything Diego Godin the legend was teaching him and you know Unfortunately, his health has betrayed him. And like, it, it's it's not his fault. You know, some guys are just fragile. And Atletico's medical staff is, let's face it, not the best in the world. We routinely have to deal with 30 to 40, if not more, injuries each season. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the one year in the last five where we had a reasonable amount of injuries, we won the league. So him is an example of a player who, when healthy, can guide this team to a bunch of success. Um, I would like to keep him. But, and I, I know he doesn't want to leave either. He's very comfortable yeah. and settled in Madrid. He's got a contract for another two and a half years, uh, which I don't think they should have extended beyond 2023, but they did. It's whatever it takes him to when he's... He, he's only 27. He, he's still young. And yeah. a lot of center backs don't hit their peak until their late 20s, early 30s. So the best may yet be on the horizon for Jose Hosemal, but he just can't stay fit. Um, I wouldn't be averse to selling him but that would also that means the club has to go out and spend money to replace him which they desperately don't want to do. Uh, the board does not want to spend money. they made that very clear yeah. this summer especially without any significant sales or interest in, in current first team players are not going to go out and replace them. So it him and as is a tough case I think it's a great question um, because of how good he can be when he's healthy but he's just never healthy. Uh, I, I would sell if a good offer came in. If someone wanted to pay 50, 60 million for Josema, I would probably sell. But it, it would be very, very tough to say goodbye to him because he is oh, yeah. one of the two or three guys who were on both title winners in 2014 and 2021. He's our third captain. He's a natural leader, really fiery, authoritative guy. You can never have too many Uruguayans in your team.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true, good I remember <laughs> when him and Godin used to start. Oh, my God, that, yeah. that defense was just brutal. Um Yeah, I love Jose but, like, look, at the same time, like, th- you got to play the game, right? Like, it sounds so obvious to say, but, like, you have to play the game, and, and he doesn't. I mean, again, his body is betraying him. Obviously, I know that in his heart he'd love to be on the pitch. But, dude, like, you just can't keep playing Felipe, to me, Felipe is, is the worst center back we have. I think uh, there's a lot to criticize about Mario Hermoso, but I do like the wild card factor, the fact that he can score. Uh, Felipe is a bit of an aerial threat. He is strong. He's a physical guy. And, and those are usually attributes that you kind of want on a on a center back and that's what makes a center back uh usually distinguish a center back from just being good to being great right being an aerial threat and all these other things but at the same time the very core of it which is just positioning and just really basic defending um it's really eroded and it's really just not there like i was watching the highlights for the leverkusen game and you just see how many mistakes and how many times Uh, We could have gotten scored against if it wasn't because we got lucky or or bad shots or whatever. But it's just constant, constant, constant mistakes from um, from Felipe. And I just feel like, man, like, I don't know. You just need it's so pivotal in this team, especially to have a solid and consistent center back.
0: Yeah, uh, in the Leverkusen game, like Felipe, one of Felipe's giveaways like directly led to a double chance that Ivo Gerbich, who was starting that game, had to clean up and, and stop to keep it goalless, and that Hermoso got turned inside out on both goals. Like, mm-hmm. both the goals, he was more or less directly culpable. Um, it's no coincidence, Atletico have won only one of the last ten in which both Felipe and Hermoso have started because they're not reliable players. Hermoso, as you said, is a wild card. He can pop up with these just wild moments of genius out of nowhere he can he can score goals he's really good with the ball at his feet Uh, and, and Felipe he can still play a little bit but not at this level certainly not at an elite level a team that is I think more or less the consensus is one of the top eight or 16 teams in Europe despite Atletico's deficiencies they're still easily good enough to get into the Champions League uh round of 16 if not the quarterfinals depending on the draw anything beyond that would would be a gift but yeah you you cannot be starting Felipe and or Hermoso and expect to compete for titles because they're just not at that level they do not the Spanish phrase is they do not have the level yeah you know they don't and I don't know why they extended Felipe's contract well I know why they didn't want to spend any money on a replacement but it was obvious a couple of seasons ago that Felipe was yeah. the performances during the 2019-20 season or a bit of a mirage he has not been the same since the covid break two and a half years ago
1: yeah it's been it's been brutal and, and i've also been paying attention to um to man you just because i like the drama yeah and uh, you just <laughs> no, see what no they're shortage. doing with uh, martinez and just subbing out uh maguire which i know there's probably a lot of national pressure just to play maguire just because you know we got the World Cup coming up. And you just see how, how like how how a team can change. Like, the center back is such a crucial crucial position. Any little mistake from a center back, and, you know, it can cost you the game. Um, and you just see, like, obviously there's other factors in play, what's going on at Man U, but you just see how much of a ripple effect just kind of having a, a more consistent defender, a more consistent center back is having on that team. And I look at Atletico, and I'm like, dude, a lot of these, like, ties, a lot of these defeats, um, they could easily be turned into, you know, a few points here and there just if we had uh, somebody a little bit more reliable in the back and not even changing, even if you kept all the same issues, even if the structure up top is, is, is constantly changing and all the other issues are still persisting, just having a solid center back, it'll, it'll, it'll cost you, it'll save you, I'm sorry, some points here and there. Um, like, that, that that to me is just so evident. I mean, oh, there, like,
0: there, there have been a number of times over the years where Atletico even though they couldn't score any goals, defensively, they were so good that they, mm-hmm. could, they could pick up points against uh, in, oh, yeah. in really adverse circumstances. There have been a number of goalless draws or 1-1 draws that I can remember that would have gone the other way if not for All Black, that would have gone the other way if not for heroics of guys like Godin or Savage or Miranda mm-hmm. or Jimenez or Juan Fran, Felipe Luis, all these legendary defenders we have had under Simeone. Uh, And, you know, we lost three of those guys in one summer in 2019. Yeah, that was a big hit. We still did an admirable job of replacing them, I think. You know, the the guys that they bought for Lucas Hernandez's release clause, they were all on the title-winning team two years later. So, but if you want to stay at the top, if you want to remain an elite-level club, you have to continue doing this. Like, Atletico can't tap into endless resources like Man City can, or like Man United can, or like PSG, Bayern, uh, the... Real Madrid Barcelona um, they can't tap they can't sell off future revenue streams they can't tap into their their bank account and make these these huge 60 70 80 million euro splashes mm-hmm. on the market they can't do that no, certainly not without big sales first but just keeping everything as it has been after the struggles of last season um, that was a bit surprising to me they needed to make like six or seven new signings they made 3 um, a four and one of those players is on loan at Valencia Samuel Lino <laughs> my god so really this is the squad they have they're gonna sink or swim with a bunch of these guys uh Joao Felix DePaul uh Cunha Maratta, these are guys that they're making bets Saul as well these are guys they're making bets on who have either come back from loan spells or who were up and down last season they're making bets on them to be consistent and be good and bring stability to the team this year. And there's still plenty of time left. Uh, you know, there's a whole month of games still to go before the World Cup and then a whole second half of the season after that. So still plenty of time, but the early signs I'm seeing, Danny, I think you and I agree, they're not great. If But if this defense gets healthy, if him and as Savage have a run of games in the team, O'Black recovers from his injury fully over the international break then you know, results could could come. Yeah. Results could start Th- to pick there'll up.
1: There'll be a big impact. There'll be a di- big difference. Yeah,
0: they, mm-hmm. they'll pick up points a lot more consistently. And they don't have as much trouble scoring anymore as some of those teams in the past did. Uh, like yeah, specifically the 2017-18 and 2018-19 teams had a really rough time scoring goals. But our defense yeah. and our goalkeeping so good in both seasons, we still finished second and won the Europa League in one of those years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're not losing these draws, you just pick up, you know, these ones. Like, they'll, they'll add up eventually, Pick up you know? points, so, be consistent,
0: yeah. and, you know, trust that you have more talent and more individual quality than a team like Betis, than a team like Villarreal, a team like Real Sociedad or Sevilla, other team or Athletic, other teams that are going to be contending for European places, if not Champions League places. Atletico have a lot of work to do, but they, there have been positive signs, as we've been saying. Um, and number one thing is that they can't let the derby loss get to them they can't let that the toxic media climate and the the elements of or not just elements of flat-out racism they cannot let that detract from the goal which is which is winning you know and the club needs to take a firmer stance on everything off the pitch simeone and his staff need to figure out the best way forward on it
1: yep yeah a lot of time to reflect during this break hopefully um Again, I know there's a lot of factors uh, as we touched on outside of Simeone's control, but I do feel like there's a lot that he can he can address, and hopefully that gets addressed. Because if you look at the squad, like we do have a squad to do more. Like I feel like we're underachieving, we're mm-hmm. underperforming. I do feel like we, we have potential to do more. I think ultimately to like get to certain positions, there there needs to be changes in the squad. Um, but even with what we have now, it's it's a still a pretty good team. Pretty good set of, of, of rosters So, yeah, we'll see what's what's left of uh, the season. Obviously, still very early. Things haven't looked that pretty for now, but um, but I guess part of the Atleti drama. I mean, we <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll we'll have more drama moving forward. But I'm sure some somehow we'll we'll claw our way to the top.
0: Between October first and November 9th Danny Atletico played twelve times, so we're going to get ample opportunity to see if these improvements are made or are going to be made. They come back and play Sevilla after the break, then a crucial Champions League doubleheader with Club Brugge currently leading Group B following the match day two results. And, yeah, that they they have some stuff to fix. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, that they'll fix it, and we have more positive things to talk about when we're, when we're on the show next. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Always great to talk to you, man
1: no thank you for the invite always a pleasure chatting chatting it up with you uh anytime anytime you want me on the pod i know there's obviously more more brilliant minds than me as far as uh atletico madrid is concerned and uh i'm glad that you have them often on on the pod i love this podcast listen to it all the time guys follow them on social media five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts do the whole thing you guys do an excellent service and uh yeah i'm a i'm a I'm a loyal listener, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm stoked to be on here. It's it's always an honor, always a pleasure. So thank you, Jeremy.
0: Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the the kind words. Go follow Danny on Twitter. You can read his uh, work, his reporting on MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Keep up with our work at Into the Calderon. Subscribe to the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify. You get all episodes of the Colt Channero Chat and the Partido a Partido Podcast, our sister program. We will be back. We we might be able to do another show over the break, but if not, we will definitely return following the Sevilla game next Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday, October 1st. Thank you all again for listening and for your continued support. We'll chat again soon. Adios.